Hey guys, I pray you're having a great day, and I'm so excited that you've joined us for a night of celebration, Wednesday at the Cross, and uh, it's going to be a great night as we allow the Holy Spirit to kind of breathe on us and to speak into our lives. This past Sunday, if you missed it, we were in John chapter 12, and we really focused in on looking at Mary and her devotion of extravagant worship unto the Lord. And how she risked it all, how she poured out her very best uh, to the Lord. A few of the principal thoughts that we kind of uh, highlighted was this. He who has infinite value deserves extravagant worship. And we concluded that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Jesus has always existed, and he does have infinite value, and he does deserve extravagant worship. We also talked about how a life that is spent in devotion to Jesus is never wasted, but a life that is spent on self is a total waste. Oh, and that is so true as we look at uh, the various narratives around us. People that really uh, devote themselves to the Lord, you go, man, what a wise life of investment. But the people that just spend their life on self and self-protection and self-consumption, you go, man, what a, what a waste. And and then we kind of concluded with this, uh, this statement, and I think this is so crucial, and it should be our focal point, that Jesus Christ is the most valuable treasure there is, and that's who we're pursuing. Mark chapter 2, I want to talk about risking it all, and it really highlights and kind of emphasizes that Jesus is the only treasure worth following. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the scripture says, Jesus came back to Capernaum, and if you look at a map, Capernaum was at the north uh, part of the Sea of Galilee. It was kind of Jesus' home base of doing ministry, and as you pick up the text, it says many were gathered together so that there was no longer any room, not even near the door. Scripture says that Jesus was ministering. He was speaking the word to them. Four men came to Jesus bringing a guy that was paralyzed. And the scripture says that being unable to get to Jesus because of the crowd, we're going to come back to that, being unable to get to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him and they dug an opening and they let down the stretcher on which the paralytic was lying. Jesus seeing their faith, seeing their faith, the four, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. So he got up, and immediately he picked up the pallet, and he went out in the sight of everyone. They were all amazed, and they were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Now, just for the sake of time, I want to draw your attention, if you will, to two groups that are really emphasized in this story. I want to look at the crowd, and I want to look at the committed. Check out the crowd. It says that many gathered together. There was no room, packed house. They had blocked the entry to the door as Jesus was speaking the word to them. Why did the crowd show up? That, that's an interesting question to ask. Why did the crowd show up? Why did all these people kind of mob this house where Jesus uh, was doing ministry? Was it out of fascination? 
Maybe they had heard some word about uh, water to wine and some other miracles. They just came fascinated out of, uh, we got to check this dude out. Or was it really out of admiration and adoration that, man, we, we really believe he's Messiah, we want to hear him? Or for some, as we continue to study, like even with the religious of that day, it was out of frustration. But one thing is, one thing is for sure as we dive into this. The crowd showed up, and they were not willing to get out of the way with these four dudes and a guy on a stretcher. They were blocking the way to Jesus. Now, the crowd was made up of people. Just normal people. But these people hindered access to Jesus. Being unable to get to him because of the crowd. And I believe we must ask ourselves this question. Am I doing anything that hinders others from being able to connect with Christ? Do I have an arrogant approach to life? Is my attitude so sloppy and messy that it's blocking others from being able to see Jesus? Or maybe it's living a life of apathy or bitterness or just unforgiveness. Or maybe it's just a sinful lifestyle. Or, or, or maybe we say we love Jesus, but we're just totally consumed with materialism. Ask the question, am I doing anything that's standing in the way and potentially blocking the way of others getting to Jesus. And then you've got to ask, am I willing to get out of the way and become a useful tool for others to have access to Jesus? Am I willing to repent of things in my life that are hindering others from being able to recognize and see the goodness of God? When you look at your life, does the fruit of the Spirit manifest? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And if not, you have to stop and go, I got to get out of the way. There's things in my life that are blocking access to Jesus. True story. I have a uh, friend who's in sports ministry, and he holds a Bible study in his home. Now, there is a church across the street from his house, and he holds this Bible study and a lot of the uh, young guys come to his house for Bible study every week. Because he doesn't have much parking, he was encouraging those, hey, just park across the street in the church parking lot. One of the people from the church approached my friend and said, you cannot use our parking lot. He told him, hey, we're doing a Bible study here. He, he, he shared with them the sports ministry that he was a part of. He, he was sharing with them about how he was trying to reach these uh, young guys with the gospel. But the person said, well, I'm sorry, you can't park here because we paid money to have our parking lot uh, paved. And recently it was freshly paved and we don't want anybody on it. And he, as he was sharing that story with me recently, I'm like, are you serious? You guys need to get out of the way. You claim that you're representing Christ, but you're blocking the way. And if you come to the cross, Loganville, comparison is the death of contentment. I'm not comparing with what they're doing. But our parking lot behind our worship center, we have four basketball goals set up. And you can come by here pretty much any afternoon. Now, not now, because we have the social distancing in, in, in place. But you can come by pretty much any day, and there will be tons of kids out playing games and shooting basketball and, and just creating a, a bond with each other. And we're not going to go tell those guys, hey, do you go to church at the cross? Well, if not, you can't be here. No, 
we put those goals on our property because we want to have meaningful touches and reach people with the gospel. And so uh, I would encourage you, uh, are you doing everything you can to create a clear uh, way so that people can come to Jesus? Loving on others, serving, giving. Again, what am I doing to extend the love of Christ? Am I praying for others? Again, during this time where we're so locked down, are you reaching out? Are you making phone calls? Are you sending texts? Have you set up FaceTime conversations? Or what, what are you doing? The crowd, they had blocked the entrance to Jesus. But then I want you to check out the committed. As I read this, I'm, I'm so fascinated with the radical uh, faith of these guys. It says, unable to get to Jesus because of the crowd. They removed the roof. They dug an opening. They let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. Jesus saw four men on the roof with a paralyzed guy. Four men that were deeply concerned about their friend, and they were willing to risk it all to see their friend get help and ultimately experience healing. They had hearts that cared. They had eyes that saw. They had compassion, and they were willing to take radical action. They didn't allow the crowd. They didn't allow uh, their hindered access to uh, disturb their passion to get their buddy to Jesus. They did something, and that's what God is calling us to do. We're living at a time where we've got to do something because reality is we encounter those every day spiritually that are paralyzed. If you look around you, you will see hurting people, confused people, scared people, and people are like, they're, they're, they're looking for answers right now. And the question is, are you moved to take action? These guys were motivated. They believed that Jesus could and Jesus would meet this need. And they did more than just pray about it. Now, praying about it is awesome. And as we continue in our 21 days of prayer, it is so important that we continue to press in the Lord. But they did more than just pray about it. They took action. What they did took time. It took effort. It took faith. It probably took rope. It probably took a saw. They picked up this guy, carried him onto the roof, and they believed the impossible. They knew that the one they were trying to get to, it, 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 if he doesn't touch him, if he doesn't speak to him, he's not going to experience healing. It takes time. It takes time to build relationships with others. It takes faith. It takes effort. It takes time to do random acts of kindness. But I will tell you, Faith has feet. Compassion has feet. Compassion will take action. The crowd, they just wanted to get close to Jesus to hear what he had to say. But the four guys, they wanted to get to who Jesus was. They didn't want to just hear what he had to say. They wanted to get into the presence of the Lord. And I think that's been the invitation for us over the last weeks as we've dove into our 21 day of prayer. It is pressing into the Lord. We're, we're, we're not just, uh, we're, just we're, we're not okay with just hearing what you've got to say. We want to know who you are. We want to know the heart of heaven. Again, being unable to get to Jesus, they were risk takers. Hey, we've got to take some risk here. We've got to think outside of the box. The mission is the same. 
The methods have got to shift. We've got to press into the Lord. They did not empower their circumstances to discourage them. They worked together. They dared to do something different. They dared to do the impossible. And that is the mission that God has called us to be on. Take risk. Do the impossible. Uh, do the impossible. And, and, and here's what I know about people that walk by faith, okay? People that really are risk takers. They're not satisfied with status quo. They're not satisfied with mediocrity. They're not satisfied with just the obvious. Risk takers destroyed a roof for the purpose of redemption. Risk takers have a passion and a purpose that cannot be hindered. Jesus applauded their faith. Jesus seeing their faith, these four nameless somebodies, they were applauded by Jesus, and Jesus will applaud our faith. You've got to be willing to risk it. You've got to be willing to reach out to your world and get people to Jesus. It is so crucial. We are at a very unique place in history right now. We're living at a critical time. And again, we see panic and fear and anxiety, and we see so many people that are confused and scared. The gospel across the world in so many places has been trivialized. It's been minimized, and it's been even watered down. But we here at the Cross Loganville, we've got to be the church of Jesus Christ. We've got to be intentional. We've got to be strategic. And we must proclaim a message that is so desperately needed today. Again, Paul would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is God's power unto salvation. We must be committed to reach our neighbor, to reach those around us, to reach that next generation. And we have a message of hope to share. The Cross Loganville, I can promise you, is committed to be a solution in our world. We believe that God has given us a mission. Yes, our mission is to connect people with Christ and others. The vision, yet the vision that we're trying to live out with what we value has been altered a little bit. We value Sunday worship. We value small groups. We value sharing your story. We value serving. Now, how we're going to live that out and God is going to live that out through you has got to be different. Our online platform and different things we're doing is a great way to connect. But I'm telling you, the mission is the same. But yet, the method has, has been shifted a little bit. But the mandate is still the same. Go into all the world. And we believe that God will continue, continue to give us the passion to accomplish it. We are committed to reach Loganville and beyond with the gospel. We're committed to teaching the word of God. We're committed to uh, training up an army. And we are committed to sending people out into the world as disciples of Jesus Christ. Again, I encourage you, what maybe is happening in your life that has blocked others from being able to access Jesus? And maybe there's nothing. But again, I would say, how can we really be the hands and feet and the people of God to create access so that people can get to Jesus? And again, what am I willing to do and what am I willing to risk to see my loved ones, my friends, my coworkers? What am I going to do to get them to Jesus? Hey, risk it all. Make it a great, great week. And reach out to those people. 
Maybe some you haven't communicated uh, with in a while. Start praying for them. Reach out, encourage them. I promise you, God wants to use you in a powerful way. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we can ask or think, according to his power that resides within us. Risk it all. Let's go all in and be the people of God. Have a great, great night. And I pray that you make just uh, the remainder of this week just a special time of worshiping Jesus and loving your neighbor.